Welcome back to Explore Europe. This is the very first episode of our second series, and we're off to the most famous event in Germany, and certainly the most famous beer festival in the world, Oktoberfest. But we've also got another surprising tip for you. Stay tuned to find out all about it. Welcome to Explore Europe, a podcast series for American military stations in and around Germany. Each episode brings you travel tips and local secrets to help you get the most out of your time overseas. This episode is proudly sponsored by Used Car Guys. Pre-owned military car sales all over Germany and new car sales for stateside delivery when you PCS. Good cars from good guys. And now, introducing your hosts, Michelle Peirce and John Sweeney, who've been living in Germany and exploring Europe for over 15 years. So, where should we explore today? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's on with the show. Hello, explorers. Welcome back to Explore Europe. I am so excited to have you here. I'm your host, Michelle in Mannheim. And I'm John Sweeney in Ramstein. Morning, John. How are you? How has your summer been? We've we've been away for a few weeks. We've been backwards and forwards. We've done a little bit here and there. And uh, we had a blast, a very quick trip to Paris, as we've already talked about, which we'll be, uh, we'll be hearing later in the episodes. Um, Paris was a, a blast. We've had summer vacations. Kids are back to school. It's now September and let's see where it takes us because uh, I've got a few things planned. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to autumn actually or herbst as we say in Germany. It's a really lovely time of year and I, I must admit I've had the best summer. We've just had the most fantastic weather here in Germany. I've been out on my stand-up paddleboard as much as possible on all of the lovely lakes that are around me in this area and just really making the most of the lovely long warm days. It's been glorious but I'm looking forward to autumn, which is a beautiful time of the year here. And the great thing about autumn, John, do you know what that is here in Germany? No, please tell me more. It's the time for beer festivals and wine festivals in Germany. Well, it's September, so what's the name of these beer festivals you're talking about? Um, Oktoberfest. <laughs> okay, so in September, let me get this straight, it's September, but we're going to talk about Oktoberfest that are happening in September. Yes, we're talking about the most famous beer festival of all, which is Oktoberfest in Munich. Do you know why it's called Oktoberfest? No, tell me. Um, the very first uh, festival, the very first beer festival, was a celebration of Prince Ludwig's marriage in 1810 to Theresia of somewhere I can't pronounce. And that was the reason for the initial celebration. It was held in October in 1810, but the following year they decided to continue with the annual tradition moved it to September to take advantage of warmer weather and longer days and extended it by a few days. But it's been called Oktoberfest ever since the very first one. Wow. So that's the story behind the Oktoberfest in September, which I didn't know. Yes, exactly. Now, it does run into September. So this year, Oktoberfest in Munich starts on the 22nd of September and we are in 2018 and it runs until the 7th of October. If you're listening to this episode in the future, those dates are generally quite close to when they take place every year and continue into the first week of October. You've never been to Europe. You think the Germans are dull and boring. <laughs> Get down to the Oktoberfest. They're going to completely and utterly change your mind. The first year I went, you're in the middle of this big tent. There's 5,000 people. Everybody's dressed in. The men are in lederhosen and the Czech shirt. And the women are in the dirndls. Everybody's dressed up to the nines, having fun. I don't know if anyone can remember this song, but there was a song a few years back called Les Ketchup Song. Well, we're in the middle of the tent with 5,000 people. 
and they've got the umpa lumpa band in the middle of the tent and literally every third or fourth song they would play the catch-up song from the big trombones and stuff and the <laughs> yes, place went chaos it was absolute chaos it was brilliant fun oh fantastic and so how did you get there were you living in Würzburg at the time or in I was Ramstein? living yeah I was living in North Bavaria at the time so living on order not far off Audubon A3 so we all caught yeah. the train down and then overnighted um I think if you're going to go to one of these events a train or a bus is this or a car and an overnight is a very sensible way of doing it yeah absolutely we definitely or you need a very good friend who's prepared to be a designated driver but I think one of the things to point out with Munich anyway is there is no parking anywhere near the Oktoberfest grounds so really it's it's not sensible to take a car anywhere near Munich anyway if anyone's driven around Munich the traffic system is appalling um so the best thing to do is get down there on a train now from Wiesbaden, K-Town and Stuttgart, that's a bit of a trek. So from Wiesbaden, it's about four hours. From K-Town, it's about four hours. Stuttgart's about two and a half hours. So I think it's definitely, that trip is definitely worthwhile doing as an overnight. Um, and of course, Oktoberfest is the world's biggest beer and most famous beer festival. So Munich is very, very busy that time of year. And the hotels get booked up very quickly. So it is quite a challenging option to be perfectly honest it is but also uh, there are a lot of group tours that go from the area okay for instance um like the ski club tannenbaum on base they will do they'll do bus tours to the oktoberfest um and there you can leave early in the morning come back late at night so you're not doing an overnight and you're on a scheduled bus tour and there are quite a few of those going from the area which are, they're good to get involved in as well yeah, I think that's actually a really good idea. Um, but if you do take the train down there, then you're going to find getting to Oktoberfest is really simple. Mostly when you get to Munich main train station, follow everybody dressed up in Dirndl and Lederhosen and you'll find your way. That's a good tip. <laughs> the festival grounds is called Theresian Wiesen, which is named after Ludwig I's wife, Theresa. You'll basically hear most Bavarians or people on the way to Oktoberfest talking about going auf dem Wiesen, which is just shorthand for Theresian Wiesen. It means we're going to Oktoberfest. That's quite a common phrase, and you'll probably see that on a lot of advertising as well. So public transport or an organised trip is an absolute brilliant way of getting down to Munich. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. It's, it's one of the best ways. Um, as you've mentioned, hotels get booked up very quickly in advance. Um, if you check now on somewhere like booking.com, as we've mentioned a few times, they are the, the prices do start going up the closer you get to the date. So if you go in, book early. Um, look at also at the Airbnbs because there'll be a lot of those mm-hmm. knocking around now, and there might be some good deals. If you go in just one, two, three, four of you, you might drive down in the car, share an Airbnb, or or get a hostel or get a hotel. You're literally looking for somewhere to crash for the night. That's all you need. You're not looking for a fancy hotel because you're going to go. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're definitely going to be a little bit inebriated on the way back. Um, to just go and enjoy the time and, and, and make sure that you've got somewhere clean and safe to stay or be on a, a bus or a train home. But a train home from Munich on the same day means you'll be leaving about seven o'clock in the evening, which might not be a bad thing because if you get down there at 10 o'clock, you know, if I remember correctly, that you book the tables in, in sessions of four hours or five hours or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna come I'm gonna come to this shortly actually and give I'm gonna give people some really specific detailed tips on the best way, my on my view, the best way to do Oktoberfest or as we're about to see, Kanstatter Vasen, the Frühlingsfest in Stuttgart. But we'll come to that shortly. 
Um, you don't need to book a table, but if you're a large group, you're going to end up queuing to get into the tent. So in Munich, there's about 14 of these giant tents, and they are exactly what you see on the TV. They are huge tents. Some of them hold 10,000 people. Wow. Um, yeah, they'll they'll have bands. So most, I think uh, in Munich, it opens at 12, but you can usually get in from about 11. They'll have music playing all day until about 10.30 at night. At the weekends, I think it opens a little bit later. Full of these wooden benches, they're called Festetisch, um, but all of those benches are booked. So if you queue to get into a tent, if there's just a few of you and you don't want to pre-book, you're going to queue to get into a tent and you're probably only going to have space to stand during those during that period um, around, like around the tables or at, or at the bar which is absolutely fine if you're not necessarily intending to spend a long time there or you don't want to eat. But if you want to spend a good afternoon there or an evening there, you need to book a table in one of the tents. My suggestion, and I think you're in agreement with me here, John, is on this occasion is actually to give Oktoberfest in Munich a wide berth and head to the Volksfest in Stuttgart, which is on at about the same time. It starts a little bit later, the 28th of September, and it runs a bit longer. It's on until the 14th of October. We call it Kanstatter Vasen or Kanstatter Volksfest. It's in Stuttgart, uh, very easy to get to from K-Town, Wiesbaden, of course, super easy to get to from Stuttgart. Um, you, once you arrive at the main station, you're just following signs for the Kanstatter Vasen, and I think it's about a 10 minute journey on the Straßenbahn or the S-Bahn. Now, the reason I suggest this is because once you are inside one of these giant tents and they have 10 of these giant tents in Stuttgart as well, it feels no different to Munich. It is exactly the same atmosphere, exactly the same experience. Outside of the tents, it's full of the same exact kind of fairground rides, festival atmosphere, people going crazy. But what you'll find is that it's going to be easier to book to get into one of the tents. It's much quicker to get to from wherever your base, so Ramstein, Stuttgart or Wiesbaden. And you can get there and back in one day and the whole trip can be a fraction of the price. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good way of doing it. And one of the real positive things about Stuttgart as well, obviously it being closed, you can do it in a day so you don't need to overnight anywhere. Um, it's a lot more localised. So there's a lot more local. There's a lot more Germans there. When you get to Munich, you literally feel like it's 50-50 in Germans and tourists. Where in Stuttgart, it feels there's a lot more Germans who feel a bit more homely. and You do seem to have a bit more fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was chatting with somebody at my local park run here in Mannheim last weekend who was coming over from Australia for Oktoberfest. That just blows my mind. I mean, that is, I mean that's, that's the draw of Oktoberfest. That's the draw of music, um, Munich. And, that, and whilst that's incredible... You're dead right. What you're actually going to find is tens of thousands of tourists. If you go to Stuttgart, you're going to find there's still going to be tens of thousands of people there. Each of those tents holds between six and 10,000 people. They're as big as the tents in in Munich. But in Stuttgart, you're going to find a lot more local people. um, And you're just going to find it's just a much easier day. Also, if you're looking for a family day out, rather than dragging the kids four hours down to Munich, you can do it in Stuttgart much, much easier. Um, both, both beer festivals are fantastic for families. Obviously, you're not going to want to spend hours and hours inside the beer tents with children. But outside of the beer tents, 
it's a huge fairground. So massive fairground rides, Ferris wheels, stalls. Um, you can buy trinkets and food and tourist items. So anything kind of like German festival type, all of these things that you want to take home with you, all of these souvenirs, you're going to find all of that both at Oktoberfest and at the Volksfest in Stuttgart. Great. And one of the, one of the real good things I love about uh, the Oktoberfests is the food. Oh. You start walking around the place and there's barbecues going on, they're grilling bratwurst, they've got Schweinehacks, uh, they've got a bit of everything. So there's there's food for everybody as well, including vegetarians, Michelle. Yes, there is, but it definitely is a bit of a meat festival because we're talking about very traditional German food here. But it is fantastic. And no matter which one you go to, Stuttgart or Munich, it's an absolute must-do while you're here in Germany. If you don't go to one of these beer festivals, you've missed out on a huge part of the culture here in Germany. Even if you're not a drinker, if you don't drink alcohol, you can still enjoy these amazing festivals and just really experience the, the real life of Germans here during the festival season. It is a wonderful experience. So we want to get down there. Uh, we've talked about it. We're getting ready for it. How do I go about booking tickets, Michelle? Um, yeah, so we talked. We, I mentioned this before. If you're going to um, Oktoberfest or, or Volksfest, that you don't need to book tickets, but you and I have both done it this way by booking, and I think it's well worth it. If you've got a group of, I think even more than five of you, but eight or ten of you, I think it's worth booking a table in advance into one of the tents. The reason for this is you're not going to queue to get in, and you're going to have a place all together. So the way, so my advice is to is to pre-book a table, and let me explain a little bit about how that works. Each of the tents in Stuttgart, so there's about ten of them, are usually managed by one of the big breweries in the area. So they're going to be serving their own beer inside of there. They will also serve non-alcoholic drinks, the beers, and even the non-alcoholic drinks like wine schorlers and non-alcoholic beers come in the giant steins, the one litre glasses that you see everywhere. And that in itself is amazing to see. You'll see these, the, the bedinans, the waiters and the waitresses bringing them over, carrying them. Like Some of them will have like five in each hand and they'll be stacked on top of each other. It's an amazing thing to see. I can't do it. I can barely hold one of them, let alone five or six in one hand. I know the strength they must have to carry those is amazing. I wonder if they work out for it all year, just in order to be able to work at the festivals. <laughs> so I'll include a link to both the festivals on the show notes, but taking the um, Kanstatter Volksfest in Stuttgart as my kind of, um, as my example, because that's the one I book the most often. What, what you'll do is you'll just choose one of the tents. Now, if you're not experienced with the beer and, you know, once you've had two or three, I don't know, does it really matter? The main thing is to find a tent that's still got space available when you want to go. And you may have to be a bit flexible about this. And you're looking for a section on there that says Reservierbum. Now, there are um, there is a website in English for both festivals. But I think once you get to the reservation stage in the tents, it's going to be in German. So I'll put some keynotes in the show notes to help you get through this. But let me give you some of the key words that are important. Most of them are going to have a minimum purchase. So that's at least five people, sometimes eight and sometimes 10. It doesn't actually mean you need to go down there with eight or 10 people, but you're going to be buying places for that many people. But it's okay because you're not really paying to get in. What you're paying for are prepaid beer and food vouchers. 
So if there's only four of you and you buy a place for eight people, you're just going to get double the amount to eat and drink. Does that make sense? Makes sense and sounds good to me. (laughs) Some of the things to look out for are things like the word hot shift means the main section. So when you're booking a table, I think it's good fun to be looking for a table in the main section. It means you're going to be kind of like in front of the band where the music is, not on the sides, tucked away. And they're also fun. If that's all you can get, I mean, do it by all means. I personally would avoid something called a Steplatz, which means standing only. I think when you're, they're going to be there for a few hours, you'll need the opportunity to sit down occasionally. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to be on your feet dancing a lot, but there'll be times where you want to take a break and you're going to want to sit down and have something to eat. So I think personally avoid Steplatz and look for something that says Tish, which means table. Now, depending on when you want to go, you'll be able to book either Mittags, which means the daytime section. That's usually from about 11.30 or 12 until four o'clock. After that point, about four o'clock, they'll start literally kicking you out of the tent because then people that have booked Arbans, which is evening, are going to come in for their session. Now, John, when you and I have been down to... um, to the Volksfest in Stuttgart. We tend to go down during the day, don't we? Yeah, we go in the day because then we can get back and uh, be back at a decent hour as well. So doing it for a day trip, it's a good thing to get it there in the morning. Yeah, I think so too. And one of the fun things that I do with a group of friends here is we kind of take a picnic on the bus, uh, sorry, on the train going up. So for my meat-eating friends, I'll do English bacon sandwiches or cheese cheese broaching for me and we actually do have a few drinks on the train going up there to get ourselves in the mood for Oktoberfest or Volksfest. And lo and behold you're not the only people doing that on the train are you? And as you get closer and closer to Stuttgart it gets busier and busier with people coming on with food and drink and lederhosen and sterndals with beer and broachings and the closer you get the more and more people get on and the party just gets going on the train it's really really surreal yeah it's a fantastic way to do it and you'll start to feel like you're really part of something as you get closer to it um so once you've found a kind of a date and a time slot that you're happy with you'll go through and book your tickets um depending on the number of people you want what you're going to get then is back in the post from the tent organizers you're going to get something called getränke marken which means drinks vouchers, Essensmarken, which means food vouchers, and an Einlass band, which is a wristband to get into the tent itself. So if you book this for eight people, you're going to get eight Einlass bands, you're going to get eight Essensmarken, and that's going to give you a voucher for a meal that's usually worth about just under 10 euros, maybe nine euros 90. Generally speaking, that's going to cover one of their traditional meals like a Schweinehaxer, which is the huge knuckle of pork. Or in my case, I swap that for um, Kieserspätzle, which is the cheese noodles. But basically, it will just there's kind of no real negotiation around that. It just buys you one of the main meals. And then your Getränkemarken will buy you a Stein of beer. You will normally get three, depending on the price you pay. So you can usually pay more to get more of these you'll usually get between three to four Getränkmarken per person. That doesn't mean that's all you can buy. You can pay cash there when you get there. But what you're getting is drinks vouchers. Um, and that's usually, they're usually worth the price of a stein of beer. So one, one big glass of beer, one big glass of Radler, one big glass of wine. So whatever comes in one of those big beer glasses, 
that's what your voucher buys you. So when you get there, you put your risk vouchers on, you queue at your tent in the appropriate time and security will start letting you through and you find your table. You'll be given a, a table number. Now, no matter how big your group is, you're going to share a table with someone. Um, and that's absolutely fine. That is exactly the whole point of the experience of these beer festivals. It's, it's a, a, a folks festival, basically. It's a people's festival. It's about people coming together. So you'll get on your table and as you start ordering, you'll have your own waiter or waitress for that table. And as you start ordering your drinks from them, they'll take the vouchers off you. So if you order a round of, say, eight drinks, they'll take the vouchers off you. The one thing the vouchers don't include is what's called bedinums, which is delivery. So you're going to need to pay usually 50 or 60 cents per drink directly to the waiter. That's basically their tip. So it's actually pretty cheap, I think, when you think about it. It's not even the 20% that Americans will be used to tipping. But every time they bring you a round of drinks, you need to make sure you've got cash available. And you'll need to check when you get your, your vouchers in the post. It will tell you what the Deanons costs. It's usually 50, 60, it might even be 70 cents this year. Um, and you need to make sure you've got that cash available for every drink, for every time you get that delivered. Got it. Now, something we've done is actually have a... We usually we had a, a big like pot in the middle of our table with lots of Kleingeld or loose change in, didn't we, John? That's I right, think yeah. when we've done it before. And then everyone's just taking it out and giving it to the waiter. And hey, if if you want to give them extra, they're not going to complain and you'll get great service from them for the rest of the day. Oh, absolutely. It's a good way. A, a regular tip for them is, is brilliant. Yes. Also, one thing that you mentioned there, cash. Uh, I know, you know, but just to make it very clear, Cash is king in these events, right? It's only cash. There's no card once you're inside the tent. Absolutely not. Forget about it. There may be a couple of um, Geld Automats, so cash machines that you can use um, to get cash out. But if you're paying for fair rides, if you're paying for souvenirs and trinkets and extra food, and you know you might want to pay for extra drinks and food when you're in the tents as well, even if you've prepaid for it, you're going to need cash. And something you need to look out for, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, is it going to charge you a deposit, uh, a fan or a deposit for the glass? If they're giving you a chip for the glass, that means you're getting charged probably two or three euros deposit to make sure the glass is returned. So just check at your table whether that happens to you or not, because I know a lot of people end up leaving there and they've got a load of chips in their pocket and they're 30 or 40 euros down purely on deposits so they haven't given the glasses back. But that's not everywhere and it's changed from year to year. So just check it out when you're there. Yeah, it's definitely the case. If you haven't booked a table and you're going to the bar to yourself to buy drinks, that's definitely going to be the case. And the fund is probably quite a lot higher than normal because those glasses are huge. And of course, a lot of people do just pay the fans and take one home as a souvenir, which is perfectly fine because you pay for it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's say um, mm -hmm. I want to go. I've managed to book tickets. I'm going down there. I don't have the clothes. Where do I buy lederhosen? Where do I buy a dirndl? Obviously, I don't want to buy a dirndl for me. But you know <laughs> what I mean. My best recommendation, if you want to buy new, is to go to CNA. I know there's a CNA in the shopping centre in Kaiserslautern, in K in Lauten. Yeah. I know there's one in Mannheim because that's where I live. I I believe there's one in Stuttgart, and I believe there's one in Wiesbaden as well. Okay. If not, there's definitely one in Frankfurt. Um, CNA have a whole section and they're already out there. So this is, uh, we're recording this in early September. This section is already there. So when you go into CNA, you're looking for a section called Tracton, which means traditional dress. Um, it's 
I don't recommend spending a huge amount of money on these traditional clothes because if you're only buying them to go to Oktoberfest or the Volksfest, they're going to get covered in beer and you need to be able to throw them in a washing machine. So don't go down to Bavaria and spend $2,000 on one of these beautiful handmade dirndls. They are incredible. They're a work of art. It's like a piece of tradition that is woven into the fabric of everyone and they are stunning. But several grand on a dress that you're going to get covered in beer is not a good idea. So this is why I suggest to everyone, either go to CNA or buy secondhand, look on one of the classified sites or the yard sale sites and buy from somebody that's leaving Germany already. Just assuming you're going into somewhere like CNA, you're going to spend between 75 and 125 euros for a dirndl. And what you want to make sure is that you're looking for a dry tilig, so three-piece dirndl. That's going to include the dress itself, the shirt, which comes underneath the dress, that just, and, and it will be short. It'll, that, that might surprise you. It's going to be really short. It literally just covers your bits. And then the... Um, and then the apron that goes over the top. You should be able to buy all of that in one set for less than 125 euros. For the men, it's a little bit more difficult because the word lederhosen does suggest that they're made of leather, and they are. A set of lederhosen on their own are probably going to cost you about 99 euros. And a shirt, you need, you're looking for a nice checkered shirt to go with it. That's a hemmed. That's going to cost you about 30 euros. And then usually they'll sell you some socks to go with it. You can buy the shoes, but most people tend to use their own shoes because they're a bit more comfortable. So it's not a cheap way of doing it. But to go to Oktoberfest or Volksfest and not be dressed up, you're actually going to feel really out of place. That's right. It's, uh, you are completely out of place if you're not dressed up at one of those events. So it's, it's worth doing. It's worth spending the extra money. And it's something that can live with you for a long time. Uh, you know, I go back to Cambridge now. And in Cambridge, when we go home, they've got Oktoberfests. They've got Oktoberfests in London. Uh, a friend of mine's in Dallas. He's been to an October, he's going to an Oktoberfest in Dallas, you know, and he's going to go dressed up in his lederhosens and stuff. And it's something you can take with you and, you know, share memories and have, uh, you know, a lot of fun with. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, you know, if you buy, if you buy the, um, the traditional dress, either new or secondhand, I personally think it's something to keep. I bought mine about five years ago. Uh, it goes in the washing machine after every festival. It comes out as good as new. I've used it every year. Um, I don't think I'll ever give it up, actually. I, I feel like it's kind of like part of my my little piece of living here in Germany. And in fact, we organised a couple of years ago, I organised a surprise Sound of Music picnic for my mum back home in Cambridge. And everybody came wearing dirndls and lederhosen. And it, it looked fantastic. And you're going to have the best photographs. If you and your friends go down there dressed up in traditional German clothes for the beer festivals, those photographs are, will last with you for the rest of your lives. It'll be amazing. You'll, if you don't do it, you'll wish you had. Got it. Well, getting dressed up and uh, having a few beers and having fun, that's uh, some definite Instagram moments there. Obviously, we've mentioned taking children, taking children down there. You can't have children in a beer tent for three, four, five hours. I would certainly personally take them in for the experience for half an hour or so. And then what else is there to do? Because, you know, I'm a family here. I've got two or three children. I want my children to experience it. 
there's other stuff to do there for sure, right? Yeah, it's like I said before, it's it's a huge fairground, lots and lots of fairground rides. Some of them like really beautiful traditional ones, as well as kind of modern terrifying ones, which would make me throw up. Um, so it's a fantastic day out for kids. Um, they're allowed in the beer tents. I think they have to be out of the beer tents by eight o'clock at night because in the evening those beer tents. I think they're pretty uh, crazy during the day, but at night they're absolutely bonkers and you definitely don't want children in there anyway, but they're not allowed after eight o'clock. But yeah, you're right. Take them in. I think they should go in there for the experience. It's not, it's not a seedy place. It's, it's a family experience. There's, there's music, constant music playing all the time. The idea with all of the music is that you stand up and join in no matter what they're playing. You'll find that these traditional bands are playing music you know just using traditional you know brass instruments for example is brilliant fun you'll be expected to lock arms with strangers you'll be expected to stand on the benches and dance and sing with people and I think that's a fantastic experience for kids to have as well um one thing in that's fantastic about both of these festivals is they do have family days I know in the Volksfest in Stuttgart the family day is every Wednesday and what that usually means is all of the fairground attractions have a discount so or sometimes like adults can go on to accompany children for free and things like that so it's a really good value day to take them tends to be you know perhaps a little less uh alcohol orientated when it's the family day so that's often some of the best days to take the children for sure great well uh, i've been there and seen many children running around and having good times so that's good uh, we've also briefly mentioned food there's food mm. stalls everywhere right i mean absolutely everywhere if you go down to Oktoberfest or Volksfest and don't in fill your belly with some of the finest traditional German food you'll ever see, then you've missed a great opportunity. Yeah, I remember going down there and seeing um, stecklefish and they had like a fish stuck in pieces of wood being barbecued. And we had those and then the, uh, the bratwursts and all the sauerkraut. And it was just the smells, the aromas coming out of everywhere was fantastic. And then you see the kids walking around with, toffee apples and cotton candy and you're like it's like being it's like being a kid again watching it all it's it's great fun oh it is it's a fantastic it's a fantastic experience for sure safety what's how safe is it down there obviously um it's a big large event there's a lot of people there are, are we going to feel safe yeah you'll you'll find actually there's a lot of security presence and there's a lot of police presence um things like large backpacks and bags and things are banned so if you go down there with a huge rucksack on you you probably won't even get let in um, they're really, you know, they'll be really specific about that. Um, getting into the tents themselves, so they're going to check your bags to make sure that you're not carrying anything you shouldn't be. Um, definitely no weapons or anything like that would be allowed. So, um, yes, yeah, so it's a it's a pretty safe environment. Um, like most things, when there's a huge gathering of people, you just need to, to be aware. With all that amount of people, do we need to look out for pickpockets and stuff like that? I guess it's always, um, I, I guess you always need to be slightly on your guard. Um, you're going to find opportunists where there's a lot of, uh, you know, very drunk people um, hanging around. So just be a bit careful, really. When I go down to uh, Volksfest, I have a, a little small backpack where I keep my valuables and I keep them actually on me at all times. I take the minimum amount of stuff with me because I go there and back in the day. I usually carry a pair of very flat, comfortable shoes to walk home in as well. <laughs> Got it. A pair of flip-flops stuck in the bag is going to be a good, yeah, good way for yeah. the, the later in the day after a few beers or wine shortly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, we've mentioned um, Cash is King. 
Uh, you've mm-hmm. mentioned there's a few guild automats or ATMs around. Um, is it worth bringing a card or is it not going to be any cards? So I think don't don't bother with cards and don't bother with dollars. It's cash, euros all the way. Okay, that makes the things nice and simple. Um, also, something I want to mention is if we're going to do Stuttgart, the Cannstatter, going from K-Town, the, the KMC is very, very easy. All we mm-hmm. need to do is jump on the train to Mannheim and then from yep. Mannheim to Stuttgart, it's 25 minutes. Yeah, it, it's really simple, actually. Um, and if you're prepared to take a slower train, and this is something that we do from Mannheim all the time, and you could definitely do it from Kaiserslautern, you could go to Insturche Bahn and book a group ticket on a slower train, which if you're taking a picnic with you on the train anywhere is kind of good fun. You can get a train ticket for next to nothing. So if you're prepared to go not on the ICE, so not on the fast trains, and with a big group of you, you can book a, a group train ticket. You can usually book one of the, the cubicles in the train, you know, one of the cabins. So you're all sitting all together and, and get it for next to nothing. So, you know, going to Stuttgart over Munich can save you a lot of time, save you a lot of money, and you will have exactly the same experience. I'm going to argue perhaps slightly better because it's a bit more of an authentic experience rather than a tourist experience. I agree 100%. And, uh... Going back to, for instance, the ski club Tannenbaum on base, they do they do the Munich Beer Festival and Stuttgart. Munich's mm. an overnighter, um, but mm-hmm. the the Stuttgart's a one-dayer. They buy the tickets for the tent. You've just got to get your own way down there, and then you're on a table with a lot of people. So that's another good way of doing it, and some other travel groups on base will do, do something similar as well. But Stuttgart is a day where Munich is certainly an overnight at least. You know, whatever it is you choose to do, do one of them. Absolutely. Because it is, it, it's, it's an experience like no other. Yeah, it's, it's, if you think of National Lampoon's European vacation or, or something that has you thinking of Europe before you come to Europe, the Oktoberfest is certainly one of the things that you think of with Germany. And I would thoroughly recommend it. I've had some brilliant times, met some great people and just had a blast and some wonderful memories. And now we've got Instagram and Facebook to share all those memories as well. Brilliant. Uh, I think that's a great place to leave it, John. I'm going to I'm going to stuff the show notes with as much useful information as I can to help people navigate their way through either Oktoberfest in Munich or Volksfest in, in Stuttgart. And you know what's great about Stuttgart? They do it again in spring, actually. They also have something called Frühlingsfest in spring, which is around May. It's the same thing. So you have two different opportunities to go and experience these one of these amazing huge traditional german beer festivals and i thoroughly recommend it great well i think that's a great idea and a great tip so um what plans have you got over the next few days michelle uh i might be booking myself down to uh Kanstatter volks festival in stuttgart i might be doing the same myself and uh, this weekend <laughs> coming i'm off to dresden so uh, that will be another episode for the future oh wow that sounds fantastic is that just a weekend trip just a weekend trip. So uh, on top of all this beer and drinking and dancing, which we're talking about today, I'm going to do a bit of culture as well to level myself out. So uh, I'll tell you more <laughs> about it in another episode. Well, that sounds like a great future episode. That's brilliant. Thanks for joining us today, Explorers. We hope you enjoyed this first episode of the second series. Please let us know if you go down to either Oktoberfest in Munich or the Kandidater Volksfest in Stuttgart. It's an experience like no other, and we highly recommend it. Get down there, have a few beers, have a wine shawler, have some fun. But most of all, have great times. Be safe when you explore Europe. See you next time, explorers. See you next time. 
only do one thing off base when you live in Germany, then I think attending a traditional beer festival dressed in a dirndl or lederhosen has to be the top cultural experience. Whether you join the six million other tourists and hit Oktoberfest in Munich, or take our tip and head to Cannstatter Volksfest in Stuttgart, you're guaranteed one of the best experiences of your time in Europe. Prost! I've asked my good friend and sustainable living champion, Jen Gale, to share a sustainable travel tip. A small change we can all make to reduce our impact on the planet as we explore more of it. Take it away, Jen. Thank you, Michelle. Okay, here we are with today's sustainable travel tip and we're going to ditch the souvenirs. Do you really need an Oktoberfest teddy or a plastic cheap Bavarian hat to remind you of the amazing time that you had? Take loads of pictures and print out the best ones to put on your wall when you get home. And if you just can't resist a physical souvenir, look for local artisans and craft markets rather than mass-produced tap that's actually made in China. There are lots of beautifully made traditional gifts and toys made out of wood in Germany. Stick to something like that if you really must. If you'd like to get more sustainable tips from Jen, visit her website at www.asustainablelife.co.uk. It's packed full of resources and ideas for really simple steps we can all take to collectively make a big change. I believe the best travellers leave nothing behind but a good impression and take nothing away but great memories. Thank you for listening to Explore Europe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to the good guys at Used Car Guys for sponsoring today's episode. You can find them online at usedcarguys.net or on location at Kaiserslautern, Ramstein, Spangdalem and Wiesbaden. We'd love to hear from you, so tell us in the comment section where you'd like us to visit next. And let us know where you'll be exploring using the hashtag ExploreEurope on Twitter. See you next time, explorers. <laughs> <laughs>